Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Can we clap our hands to the Lord? Amen, amen, amen. Oh, I know you've been standing. Get this set up. I know you've been standing, so I'll... We'll go on to the word of the Lord. If you'll turn with me to Joshua chapter 4, verse 7. Thank you, Brother Boyd, for allowing me to do this. It's an honor. It really is. I'm, if I seem nervous, it's because I am. I am indeed. I am. Joshua chapter 4, verse 7. Then you shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. Let's pray. God, we ask you to move in this place more than you have already. Touch me, Lord. I need to be led by you, God. I need you tonight, God. And we need to hear what the Word has to say, Lord. Just lead us all in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Um, a few months ago, Brother Boyd asked me to do a, a man a moment, so I pulled some of that out of here. Uh, so if you remember some of it it's because I preached it okay but uh, it's a little more I added more to it <laughs> we're going to talk tonight about a memorial a memorial a memorial is something designed to preserve the memory of a person event or monument or holiday it's a structure established to stand as a reminder Arlington National Cemetery was established during the Civil War on the grounds of Arlington House, previously the estate of Mariana Custis Lee, a great-granddaughter of Martha Washington and wife of Robert E. Lee. George Washington acquired the land that is now Arlington National Cemetery in 1802 and began construction of Arlington House. The estate passed to Custis's daughter, Mariana, who had married United States officer, Officer Robert E. Lee. Arlington is America's most hallowed ground and is the final resting place for more than 300 active duty members of the United States Armed Forces. In addition to these rows of white marble headstones, the 624-acre grounds are home to many stirring memorials, most notable the tomb of the unknowns, as well as two graves of two United States presidents. I want to talk tonight about the importance of memorials. 
preserving the sanctity and the memory and the testimony of God's church, the, mem- the memorial of the gospel of Christ, if you will. After wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years, the children of Israel were now standing at the border of their promise at the Jordan River. This was not the first time that they were standing at arm's length of their, reach, of their promise. This promise was given them long ago after God had brought them out of Egypt, out of bondage. And Exodus 11 and 1 says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Yet will I bring one more plague, or one plague more unto Pharaoh upon Egypt. Afterwards he will let you go hence. When he shall let you go, he shall surely thrust you out hence altogether. It was the last plague, the death of the firstborn God promised the Israelites. After this plague, they would go free out of bondage. And Moses said, Thus saith the Lord about midnight, while I go out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon his throne, even unto the firstborn of the maidservant that's behind the meal. All the, and all the firstborn of the beast, and there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there was none like it, nor shall be like it any more. Exodus 12 is a gold mine. Chapter 12 is a gold mine of truth. It's full of significance. As death was the last of the plagues, so shall the second death be the last and final judgment upon those that reject the Lord. You see, there was nine plagues before this. But they were warnings. Just like today, there's a lot of warnings going on. But when you see the coming of the Son of, Lord, Son of Man coming in the clouds of glory with ten thousands of his angels, that's not a warning. You're too late. God's escape for Israel portrays exactly what his plan is for us and how we can escape the second death. 1 Corinthians 5 and 7 says, Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened, for even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. The Lord changed Israel's calendar. The month they were delivered was the beginning of their religious year. It was the month of Abib, which corresponds with the month of April on our calendar. The life of Israel began the moment they walked out of Egypt. The very moment we are baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, God brings us out of bondage, frees us from sin, from oppression, from depression, misery, addiction, loneliness, brokenness, anger. We're no longer a slave to sin. We can begin to live in the will of God, the will of the will that He designed when we was born. He, we'll begin to step into His role, the role that He made for us. All the years we spent in sin are wasted years. We lay there like, like the Adam laid there formless or lifeless until God breathed life into him. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. He or she is not, has not begun to live when we put, until we put on Christ. When we put on Christ, we put on the dawn of a new day. The Israelites had to prove their faith by their actions. They had to manifest their faith in God by their deeds. Our faith will always need to be demonstrated by obedience. James 2 and 18 says, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, 
and I will show, you, show thee thy faith by my works. Many who refuse to obey what the word tells them justify themselves on the grounds that the Bible says, if we believe on the Lord, if we accept the Lord as our Savior, we will be saved. True enough, the Bible does say we must accept Christ and believe on Him. It does say that. But he who believes on the one who said, except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish, would not expect to do anything but perish unless he repented. To merely believe in Christ is not faith and will not produce salvation. Faith demands obedience. And it is this obedience that will lead you to a spirit-filled life. It wasn't faith when God asked the disciples to follow him. They didn't know who he was. It was, it was obedience which faith was led by faith. A lamb became Israel's substitute. Exodus 12 and 5 says, Your lamb shall be without blemish. A male of the first year you shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. Out of their own flock, they were to choose a lamb without blemish or spot. God would allow this lamb to stand in the gap and take the place of their firstborn. The penalty of breaking this command was death. Romans 6 and 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We have to get this right. We can't afford to slip. Brother Jerry, we can't afford to back up. We got to get this right. We're running out of time. And since we've all broken his laws in one way or another, the death sentence has been, been applied over all of us. Nobody is exempt from Acts 2.38. Nobody is exempt from the, having the blood of Christ being washed over you to be saved. The only escape is that God provided a lamb without blemish whose death he will accept as a substitute for the one who will believe in him and live by his word. Ye were not redeemed with silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish or spot. Jesus was that lamb. Jesus was without spot, for he knew no sin. No wonder the church in Hebrews 12, 23 was called the church of the firstborn, for Jesus took the place of the firstborn, and he took our place on the cross. They were to choose a, a Passover lamb on the 10th day of the month to keep it until the 14th day to be killed. 1 Peter 1 and 20 says, who, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Before the worlds were framed, Jesus foreordained to be the lamb for us. He was kept before the fullness of time to be offered on Calvary's hill. I heard a preacher say the other day when, when God said, let us make man in our image, he, it was God talking to the man Christ Jesus outside of time. I believe that's true. I believe that. He was kept for, and offered on Calvary's hill. It's the blood of the lamb that washes away sin, that gives life and will save you from the second death. You need that blood. The Israelites were to apply the blood above the door and on each side of the door panel. No blood was applied at the threshold for the blood of the Lamb of Christ is not to be trampled on. Hebrews speaks of those who had trodden underfoot the Son of God and have treated His blood and His word as mere words written in a book a long time ago, but that's not true. When the death angel passed through the land. He made no distinction.
distinction between good people and bad people. He didn't come and knock on the door to see if everything was okay, to see if you were a Jones or a Smith. He wasn't worried or concerned whether or not you paid your taxes, if you were a good husband, if you were good to your children. He didn't make, it made no difference who they were or what part of town they lived in, what their family name was, if they were highly respected or well-liked. If the blood was not applied to the door and applied correctly, the death angel was going to slay their son. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, if you're not baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, walking right and talking right, you will burn. You will be left. You won't hear the trumpet sound. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We love you. Praise the Lord. When I see the blood, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. You have to be a blood-bought child of God. You have to be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We were bought with a price. When he, when he filled us with the Holy Ghost, He bought us, He purchased us, He redeemed us, He sanctified us, He purified us, He edified us, and we are, we are indebted to Him. We can't keep this to ourselves. We can't bury that coin in the, the dirt like Brother Wayne preached last night. You can't do that. You can't do that. There's no God like our God. There's no God like our God. He's our Jehovah God. He's my redeemer. <laughs> He's my rock. He's my restorer. Psalm 61 and 2 says, From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to that rock that is higher than I. Help me get up, Lord. Help me to not waver and get my feet in the net. I don't need to waver to the right or to the left. I need to keep my eyes on him. Praise God. After they applied the blood, the lamb was roasted and eaten. The lamb had to be roasted like Christ had to endure the fire of God's wrath on the cross before we could feed upon him. The Israelites were saved by the blood but received their strength from the flesh of the lamb that was for their journey that gave them the strength. After we received the new birth experience of Acts 2.38, we go to the word, the flesh, for our strength. It's not enough just to, just to be baptized and, and filled with the Holy Ghost. You're going to have to live this and walk this and that we have to go to our epistles, our instructions, if you will, on how to stay saved because we want to keep this. We want to preserve this. This is our treasure and we got to pass this on. We have to stay sharp and ready and fed for our journey. John 6, 53 through 55 says, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whosoever eateth my flesh, drinketh my blood, have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day, for my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. When Jesus told this in John, he lost a lot of people. They broke away and went home. They no longer followed the Lord. Not a bone was broken, was to be broken. In 12, Exodus 12, 46, it says, In one house shall it be eaten. Thou shalt not carry forth aught of the flesh abroad out of the house, neither shall ye break a bone thereof. Psalms 34 and 20 says, He keepeth all his bones. Not one of them is broken. They were to let every, every they were not to let anything remain until morning. 
They were to burn up any of the lamb that they didn't eat. My flesh also shall rest in hope. For thou, sh- thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. We have to eat all the word of God. We can't pick and choose what parts to eat. If we don't eat it all, we, we become corruptible and decay. We become false teachers and false prophets when we don't present all of his words. The Bible says to put on the whole armor of God. We have to become holy because he is holy. We've got to be acceptable unto him. Praise God. If they left any of the lamb, it would decay and see corruption. Nothing about the lamb of God is corruptible. All the leaven was to be put away from their houses. Leaven is a type of sin. God will not tolerate sin in his blood-washed people. God will not tolerate corruption and and to remain in his house. In Luke 12, Jesus warned us to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. And 1 Corinthians speaks of the leaven of the malice and wickedness. One preacher uh, a few weeks ago or whatever it was referred to sin as mold. Leaven can be in stuff that you allow in your homes such as worldly music, watching things on TV that shouldn't be in your homes. We say we're not breaking any of his commandments, but we'll sit and watch people break all of them and laugh and entertain them doing it. Don't get me wrong. I have a TV in my home. I'm not preaching against your TVs, but we need to be careful what we let play on that TV in our home. We watch as sometimes the commercials promote homosexuality and same-sex marriage, divorce. That's all that's on there anymore. Advertisements of alcohol promote abortions, unwed living together. I guess as if we're not doing it, it's okay. We can laugh at them while they're doing it. we got to turn that mess off. We've got to get that leaven out of our homes. I'm telling you, that'll corrupt your children. If you don't continue continue to do this, don't ask questions when they come home pregnant or come home, you find them drinking. You brought it into your home. What do you think it's going to do? It's the leaven. It's mold. It grows. It'll, It'll get inside of them. We are apostolic. And we have to live apostolic. We have to walk apostolic. And we have to talk apostolic. Praise God. Before they left that morning, they were to be fully dressed with their loins girded, their shoes on their feet, and their staffs in their hands ready to go. Not sleeping on the couch or lacing up their boots, but completely dressed and ready for the journey. I'm in construction. I'm a drywall man. I I know there's some other construction workers here. I know Brother Darrell probably can picture one in his mind right now that he's not going to come out of his house with his shoes on. I don't know why I'm not like that. I never was, but they'll bring them with them and they'll lace them up on the way or, or lace them up when they get to the job. They'll put their shoes on in the truck, but we can't be so relaxed living for the Lord. We better be ready at all times. Like the bride waiting from the groom to come get her, she was to be dressed with her bridesmaids, ready to go. So when he came, he would say, would be ready. He's coming like a thief in the night. He's coming like a thief in the night. In a twinkling of an eye, you better be dressed and ready to go. Your lamps better be trimmed and full of oil because he's coming. Get your lamps trimmed. Let God fill you up every day because this day may be the day that the Lord comes back. Don't let him catch you wearing your flip-flops. Don't like the foolish virgins was in 20, Matthew 25. And let me say, let me say this. I heard this preacher a 
few months ago and I happened to agree when they, the unwise virgin said, let us have some of y'all. And they said, no, not, not so, unless there not be enough for us. They wasn't being mean, brother fears. They didn't have enough oil to give them. Think about that. I want to I have enough though. I want to have enough to help you. I want to have enough worship and praise in me to lift you up and carry you when you can't, be, when you can't walk. You're going to have to follow the morals, the structure that has been laid out for you. You better get this because there's no second chance. There's no do-over. There's no going back. When that tent plague comes, it was over. It was over. If the blood wasn't there, they were going to lose their son, their firstborn. They were to establish a memorial, a Passover for the deliverance from, from slavery. God didn't want them to forget where he brought them from, the sin and death that he delivered them from. He didn't want the succeeding generations to be ignorant of this deliverance. God told Joshua, my servant Moses is now dead. Now rise up, take my people over this Jordan unto the land that I promised to give them. Every place you put your foot, every place you put your foot, I'm going to give it to you. From this wilderness unto the great river Euphrates and the land shall be yours. There shall not be a man to be to withstand you. I was with Moses and I will be with you. All you young people, if there's any in the house, I'm here to tell you, God will be with you just like he was with your parents, just like he was with your grandparents. Oh, you got that. Well, the world won't be able to withstand you. The world won't be able to overcome you. Just hold on to his outstretched hand. Just hold on to him. Be strong. Remember how he brought you out of drug addiction and, and depression and sin. Hold on to him. Psalm 1 and 3, 1 through 3 says, Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he doth meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. He's not going to move. He's going to stand flat-footed. He's going to stand there. If he stands alone, we got to hold on to this because there's some coming up behind us. we got to make sure they get it. we got to make sure they get it. Praise God. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. I wanted to make sure I ended that. When chosen to Europe's new prime minister, Winston Churchill, who went on the radio and said, I promise you that I can't make it easier for what this is. It is what it is. This was when Nazism was trying to invade Europe. We can't promise this generation it's going to be easy serving God. There's no use in lying to them. We can't promise more than what Churchill promised Europe. And that was nothing but blood, sweat, tears, pain, sorrow, and even death. And they asked Churchill, do you have a goal? And he said, I can answer in one word. It's victory. It's victory. It's victory at all costs. It's victory at all costs in spite of the terror because it, without victory there is no surviving this. There's no getting out of this. If we don't win, we're going to die. They're going to kill us. We're going to be slaves to them. My God, we can't, we can't, we got to make sure we get this. We got to make sure we get this right. We got to make sure we leave a memorial, a memory, a pathway out of the darkness for the next generation because it's victory at all costs. When asked for a plan for achieving this victory, Churchill said it's simple. We shall fight on the beaches. 
We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. I tell you today, Brother Wayne, we're going to fight in the streets. We're going to plant a church in every town. We're going to preach the gospel everywhere we go. If they'll listen, we're going to preach it to them. We're going we're to feed the hungry. We're going to go on mission trips. We're going to do what the word of God says to do. We're going to plant our feet by the river. We're going to stand there, Brother Chris. We've got to hold on to this because there's a generation coming. I want to be interrupted teaching a Bible study. Hallelujah. I want to be interrupted teaching a Bible study. I don't want to go to heaven on a pillar. I want to go carrying a backpack. Praise God. I want to get caught witnessing to somebody. Praise God. John said I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Woo, I want to be lost when the Lord comes. I want to be caught praying when the Lord comes. Hallelujah. Our young people need a memorial to follow. They need a structure. Praise God, they need a plan. They need a plan. Praise God. Joshua, command your people to get ready and wash themselves. Get your clothes because you're going over this Jordan to possess the land that the Lord giveth you. You shall pass over armed and ready for battle. We got to arm ourselves every day with prayer and devotion. We can't leave and go out there unarmed. Make sure you get your prayers out. One preacher said, while the angels are ascending and descending upon the earth. (laughs) I believe that. I got to get up in the morning. I can't leave my home without praying. You can if you want to, but Larry's not that brave. I got to get to the prayer room. I got to get my prayers up. Praise God. The Levite priest carried the ark to the borders of the Jordan River, which was treacherous and overflowing its banks with the snow melt from Mount Hermon. But that didn't stop God. When the priest's feet touched the waters, the waters stopped flowing and piled in a heap. The priest walked in the middle of the Jordan and waited for the people to pass by on dry ground. Isaiah 43 and 2 says, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, thou shalt not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. They walked across on dry ground because the Lord was with them. They let the Lord lead the way. Whatever you're going through right now, just hold on to him and let him lead you right through it. You're gonna make it through on dry ground. You're not gonna have to walk through mud. You're gonna make The blood will get you through. The Lord told Joshua to take 12 men. Take 12 men, Joshua, from every tribe. Gather 12 stones. We We gotta make sure we leave something here. When the priest stood with the ark of the Lord, they carried them to the other side. We gotta make sure this generation has a pathway out of the wilderness because there will be some, many, that get stuck in the wilderness and we can't leave them hopeless and defenseless. The Ark of the Covenant of God was God's throne on earth. And the Lord went first in the river demonstrating His role as Israel's redeemer, protector, provider, waymaker. He needed them to remember the Passover lamb, the blood. He needed them to remember how they got out of that land. The Lord has also given us a memorial for the real Passover lamb which was delivered, which delivered us from sin. This, this memorial is called the Lord's Supper. The eating of bread, which was broken for us. The word, the blood, the fruit of the vine. This do in remembrance of me. True to the word of the Lord, there was a great cry out in the land of Egypt that night. At midnight, the death angel, he made his way through. Mm, Killing the firstborn from the captains of the dungeons to the house of Pharaoh. 
the days of Noah, there were also great cries when the rain came and the earth began to flood, but it was too late. It was too late. There was nobody in Egypt that day that wasn't affected by the tenth plague, not one soul. There was not a neighbor to run to for help because he too was visited by the death angel. The screams of Egypt were heard, were heard in every house, every home, every mom, every dad, every brother, every sister was screaming in agony. We need to be ready and dressed because Jesus is coming. Matthew 24 says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels in heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days of Noah that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field. Oh, this one gets me here. Two will be in the fields. Two will be fishing. One's going to be taken. The other left. That's a sad, sad story. My God, I don't want to look around and see who I'm talking to gone. Oh, my God, this is it. When he comes, it's not a warning. It's over. Two shall be grinding at the meal. The one shall be taken, the other left. Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, know this, that if the goodman of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. If I would have known what day and hour he was coming, I would have been there, Brother Boyd. I would have been in church. I would have had my family there. I would have made sure I was up there worshiping and praising God. I would have made sure my children were there. If I had known, if I had known, Daddy, why didn't you take us to church? Why didn't you tell us that? Why didn't you lead us there, Daddy? Oh, but it's going to be too late. It's going to be too late. Hallelujah. You said that was all that was unnecessary that we didn't need to do all that kind of worship, that we didn't need to be baptized, we didn't need to be baptized in Jesus' name, that immersion was, was just for the old church. That's not what we need to do now. Revelations 1, 7 through 8 says, Behold, he cometh with clouds. Every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. I am Alpha, and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. If the musicians would come, he's the Almighty God. Let us suppose that some in the camp of Israel had modernistic inclinations. Modernism means to, to seek new forms of expression and, and reject, rejects uh, traditional ideas. Not for a moment would such a person refuse to select the lamb from his flock. He would be careful to choose without, one without blemish. For the, for the one to live an acceptable life must, of course, have a perfect example to follow. But since he would see no need for the shedding of blood, he would tie the lamb close to his house and instruct his household concerning his virtues. He would tell his family they must imitate its purity and become as meek and gentle as the lamb. His family would accept this teaching and began to mend their ways. They would develop a sense of security. 
being very proud of their lives and feel that they live more righteous life than that of their neighbor. But when the death angel came, when he comes, their house, if they don't have the blood on the door, if they don't have it on their lintel, the angel's not going to care if the lamb's tied to the front of the door. He's not going to care if it's tied to the post. The blood on the doorpost is the only thing that's going to matter. He's going to ignore the living lamb and we look and look ever so perfect. That looked ever so perfect. He will look on the inward and he will look on the blood-stained post of your soul. Let's stand. Oh, God, I don't want to be left. I don't want to be left. Praise God. Praise God. What a... We've heard it preached. I, I, I don't... Uh, knock any of the end time preaching I'll go ahead preach but brother Jerry when we were growing up there's a few in here right now that are here because somebody standing behind that pulpit preached that Jesus was coming in the next few days now you hear these end time preachers preaching like well you know maybe this has to happen that has to happen I'm here to tell you right now there's nothing Nothing else that needs to happen for the rapture to take place. Not one thing. Everything's lined up for the rapture to take place. You better be ready. You better be prayed up and ready to go because Jesus is coming. Don't worry about Israel signing some treaty. Don't worry about them preaching about the Antichrist and the false prophets. We need to be preaching about Jesus is coming. That should be the main message. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. If you're ready, the Antichrist shouldn't matter to you. The mark of the beast is irrelevant. If you're baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, who cares that Israel might sign a treaty? That's irrelevant to us. And it should be irrelevant. It should be preached by him behind here. Amen. Let's Let's pray. If you feel like coming to the altar, come. Let's pray and worship the Lord. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.